Hi, I'm Joel Ingram. I'm Luke Davis. And I'm Heidi Tolson. And this is The The Gaze. The show where we talk about everything from politics to pop culture to... Punctuality. Punctuality. (laughs) We're usually talking about it because none of y'all are... It's hard in COVID. <laughs> it should be easier in COVID. The trains, you know. What is time? They're down oh God. from 1 to 5 a.m. Soon to be 2 to 5 a.m. 2 to 4 a.m. Wait, yes. Thanks, Cuomo. Uh, local jokes get local work. Oh. So, oh. Um, well, As you can hear from her rambling, Heidi is back. That's Hi, me. Heidi. Hello. Heidi, it's hi. Good to be back. She's back. How are you? Tell us how have you been. I'm doing well. Well, I took a okay. Brief- oh. So, um... <laughs> we also have our cocktail of the week the frozen diablo it is a frozen mango margarita uh with a spicy infused tequila i made last night Mm -hmm. i did make it a little too spicy it's a little spicy i had to really (laughs) add some regular tequila back into it to even it out which means we're probably already slurring our words Mm -hmm. uh but of course it's it's there to um to represent the frozen wasteland that is texas and Mars, uh, both things that came up in what happened this week. Uh, but we're going to talk about that, uh, as well as the very controversial interview that happened on Tamron Hall. Mm. We're going to discuss uh, a war that's brewing between two factions of our society. Uh, and, of course, we're going to be a low-key drag race recap podcast. Ooh. So all of that's going to come up. Before we dive into anything, though, is anybody watching anything fun? Any, any recommendations? Hmm, I'm so late, but I finally watched the Britney documentary because mm. mm. I was back in quarantine this past week. But yes, free Britney. I'm so late. This has literally already been covered. I was, I swear, I would feel like I was too young to really, really dig my teeth into it. I remember in second grade coming in and being like, oh my gosh, Britney is getting divorced. Oh, wow. And now. <laughs> <laughs> I could easily see second grade uh, Heidi being like, guys, I was did you hear? School. Yeah. <laughs> God. Luke, are you watching anything? Um, well, I started House of Cards after n- not watching it when it first came out in what 2010. It's been a while. I think it actually was one of Somewhere their first. I think it was their first, mm. like Netflix's Netflix first is, original yeah. series. Anyway, like so I don't know. I've been in a weird political mood where I've just been like wanting to watch anything and everything that deals with some political plot. So I think it's interesting. Cool. Oh, right um, on. So we're both watching TV series is late. Yes. The word I, of the day is punctuality. I am all about Wrong a binge thing. watching. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, as far as TV shows, I haven't really started any except for Alfredo and I are still on our, our path to binge every uh, season of The Challenge. Naturally. That's on uh, Paramount Plus. <laughs> the Challenge. They're so What's terrible. That? MTV. But we did watch uh, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar on Valentine's Day. And it was so stupid, but so funny. Like we really, we had some some solid laughs in it. It's not it's not a peak cinema, but mm. it's a good like escape. What's that about? Watch. I'm not familiar. It's it's Kristen Wiig and her uh, writing partner from Bridesmaids. Nice. She actually co-stars in this. Maya Rudolph. No, her oh. she she co-wrote it with um I can't think of her name. Uh, but the it's have you you've seen Bridesmaids, right? Yes. The girl that's sitting, though the I should say the woman that's sitting next to her on the plane, who's like, I had a dream the plane crashed. You were in it. Oh God. <laughs> that's her co-writer. Nice. And she's amazing in it. She's nice. so great. And then uh, Jamie Dornan is the love interest. Oh. Uh, the super hot guy from 
uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Love those. Yeah, Ooh. good times. Ooh, Is it man. like SNL skitty, like sketch wise? It's heightened, but I, I didn't feel like it feels like these two characters could have been in an SNL skit, skit at, right. at one point, but it was you know had a had a through line. It was yes. good. So uh, let's let's get into things. Uh, our first subject today is Texas, uh, which, Texas. as many of you know, has had a very rough week. And before we discuss anything about it, I do want to say that all of us uh, are sending our thoughts and our prayers and our mm-hmm. our best wishes to the people of Texas and Oklahoma and surrounding states who are, who really uh, had a bad time this week. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of us have connections back there, and we are thinking of you guys. Uh, so, with that being said, Luke, do you want to explain what happened? Yes. So Texas was hit by this once in a decade storm, leaving millions without power, heat, water, you know, all the goods. Um, Who's to blame here? So Texas, there's been all these circulating themes of secession and Texas is the Lone Star State. And I just I don't understand. I haven't done enough research to know why they wanted to isolate their power grid in the first place from the rest of the country was it purely just for capitalist reasons yeah could you tell me about that of course um so uh, the way that the electrical grid is set up across the nation is that states can share power so for instance if new york's power went down or Mm -hmm. there was some issue the surrounding states could send power from from their states to ours because there's interconnection Texas is massive, right? Mm. Texas is unique in the sense that it doesn't ever export power because it's using all the power it creates. Because it's so big. Because it's, it's so big. big. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So there, I guess, I, I can't tell you the exact reasons they did it, mm-hmm. but there is sort of the sense of, because they, they use nuclear, they use natural gas. Natural coal. gas, I believe, is the, is the largest though. Yeah. They use mm-hmm. coal. Uh, and then there's, I think, 10% wind. It's uh, 23%. 23% went yeah. up, yeah. Um, so I learned all this on, uh, I think, the New York Times Daily Podcast. But essentially, they got used to using, because they never, they knew they were never going to be able to send it out mm-hmm. because they, they digested so much of their own that they decided to keep it within its own state. But also, if you want to go back to, like, Texas, Texas, l- <laughs> listen, I grew up in Oklahoma and mm-hmm. we love to rip on Texas. It's, they're very much rivals. Bad. Texas is, you know, Oklahoma's beard. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> And Texans love to be like, you know, oh, we can secede because legally they're the only state that technically can't because it was an independent nation for nine years. But they never will. Then, yeah, they never will. <laughs> so I, it could also have been ego and hubris. That they were like, we're going to be our own grid. And uh, I think, Luke, you said earlier that it, it led to lower prices. It was, yeah, because it, it kept them away from being federally regulated. So it's lower prices. Um using cheaper parts and it's just lower, but it's lower quality. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, because it's a, it's a Republican run state and Republicans hate regulation. Mm -hmm. So as, as much as they can deregulate, that's all they typically want to do. That's all they want to do anyway. So, so they were already very at risk for should a wild card, like a once in a generation freaking snowstorm comes along there. They were just at risk, but they're just like, Oh, but that's never going to happen here. It's Texas. It doesn't yeah, snow. Well, and I that's mean, what's that was crazy the thing. Is, they never thought it would snow this bad. Because they're always, it, but it's not even necessarily the snow. It's right. just the temperatures dropping. The temperatures drop so much because a lot of, like here in New York, a lot of, of things are heated like with, with uh, like steam, steam. steam yeah. and with, you know, natural gas. Uh, that's what brings the heat through, like mm-hmm. radiators. In, in Texas, they heat with electricity. 
And because they never have to really turn their their heat on that often, Mm -hmm. they don't really allow for that amount of power. So then suddenly it drops down to zero degrees and Mm -hmm. every single person runs to their uh, thermostat thermostat and cranks it. That starts to overload the grid. And then they say, okay, now it's overloaded. We're going to have to start doing roll. We're going to have to start doing rolling. Why can't I say doing rolling? Yeah. We're going to have to start. (laughs) We can do that. Uh, performing rolling blackouts? I don't know what the way to say this. I think it's just, I think... Enacting. We're about to start rolling, Enacting everybody. Rolling. Yeah. We're uh, dropping Yeah, right so they now. begin rolling blackouts, <laughs> and uh, people crank their heat higher, because uh-huh. they say, oh, if they're going to turn my power off in I need to make 12 it hours, super hot. i got to make it extra hot, which exacerbates the grid even more. Mm-hmm. And it sort of created this perfect storm of bullshit Love because that. of a lack of preparedness by... And I would say that it's it's the the government's the the Texas government's fault. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say national. It's it's the right. Texas legislative. Well, um, I see a the Electric here. Reliability Council of Texas, which I saw uh, Donna Nelson, who used to be the chairman of the Public Utility Commission of Texas, in a video they had done. She said, "If most, first of all, this sentence, most Texas don't know anything about ERCOT." That's really good because it means people are doing their jobs seamlessly. So basically, because Texans don't understand their electrical grid system, mm-hmm. they're able to confuse them more about what's actually happening because everyone was like, oh, it was due to the windmills freezing that were without power. Well, and that's that a whole, damn Green New Deal's fault. That hasn't yeah. happened yet. Which yeah. they can deflect the blame on somebody else because people don't understand their grid system. But that's not, that's not the problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not the problem at all. Because, well, first of all, they had the governor, uh, who's a total piece of shit, go on Fox News right away oh, and yeah. say, oh, it's the Green New Deal's fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let us spoil this for you. The Green New Deal has not been passed. It's not anywhere, even passed, much yeah. less through Texas. <laughs> a completely like the state government of Texas is red, red, red. Do you think suddenly under Donald Trump uh, <laughs> that Texas passed the Green New Deal and right then away. didn't mention it to anybody? <laughs> like that's the most ridiculous thing. Also, uh, I think how do you said it before? Wind power is twenty three percent, and guess what? Wind turbines don't necessarily freeze. No. They can be weatherized. A lot of wind turbines are going up in like the fucking North Dakotas where it's fucking well, freezing. They're in the Arctic but they're too. yeah, they're weatherized. <laughs> Texas didn't weatherize their wind turbines because they assumed it's the and that's kind of fair. Yeah, it's not they, they assumed it wouldn't be that cold. Yeah. But to say it's a green new deal is utter bullshit, especially because the bulk of power comes from um natural gas. Yes. Oh yeah. Completely. In Texas. Natural gas and which coal. is profitable. Yes, but this kind of gets us into that that area of it. Let's talk about how the government of Texas responded. We already said um, that the governor, Greg Abbott, did bullshit. And then we had this mayor of Colorado City, Texas, which, mm-hmm. you know, the bustling metropolis, Colorado City, <laughs> Texas. Uh, he went on uh, a Facebook tirade. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to read it to you. In the it's, comments. It's insane. Going off. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, it wasn't in the comments. Oh. It was a Facebook status. It was a status. Oh, so he had something to say. Yeah, yeah. He's Roxy Andrews, and he's here to make it clear he doesn't want his job anymore. Um, quote, this is Tim Boyd, uh, mayor of Colorado City, Texas. Uh, let me hurt some feelings while I have a minute. Off to a great start. Great already. start for a public yeah. servant. Uh, no one owes you or your family anything. 
nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Exclamation point. (laughs) Sink or swim, it's your choice. Exclamation point. The city and county, along with power providers or any other service, owes you, all caps, nothing! Exclamation point. I'm sick and tired of people looking for damn handouts. Exclamation point. Uh, If you don't have electricity, you step up and come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. If you have no water, you deal without and think outside of the box to survive Mm. and supply water to your family. If you were sitting at home in the cold because you have no power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you because you're lazy is direct result of your raising. That's his writing, not mine. Mm. Also, he misspelled your. Uh, Only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. He also spelled parish, like a church parish. Yeah, P-A-R-I-S-H. And I'm not a great speller, but I can spot that. Uh, Folks, God has given us the tools to support ourselves in times like this. Mm. This is sadly a product of a socialist government where they feed people to believe that the few will work and others will become dependent for handouts. Am I sorry that you've been dealing without electricity and water? Semicolon. Yes. But I'll be damned if I'm going to provide for anyone that is capable of doing it themselves. We have lost sight of those in need and those that, that take advantage of the system and mesh them into one group. Bottom line, quit crying and looking for a handout. Get off your ass and take care of your own family. Nice. Uh, here's, a, here's a question for me. When people go into politics, do they forget that they are literally called a public, public servant? servant. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what? What? Uh, that mayor was forced to resign. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think later said he he never meant to offend people, he which is weird because he started off with that. <laughs> I, I, uh, oh, you know, my. he said, you think he the said government later, just owes you, you think you should just have food and clean water and shelter? Like what? He said, I would never want to hurt the elderly or anyone that is in true need of help to be left to fend for themselves. I was only making the statement that the folks that are too lazy to get up and fend for themselves but are capable should not be dealt a handout. I apologize for wording in some of the phrases that were used. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. It's just like the idea that, that the power that people pay for uh-huh. and, and rely on every day is a handout makes yeah. absolutely no sense. Things people need to survive. I, yeah. Like it, it's, it's not... It'd be like during Hurricane Katrina, the mayor... Mm-hmm. of New Orleans being like, oh, you think you deserve dry land? <laughs> you think you deserve oxygen? <laughs> well, you got another thing coming. That's I'm sick of these lazy propaganda. people. Yeah. What the fuck? It doesn't help either that who is being prioritized to have the power within the power grid for the rationing and the rolling blackouts. It is wealthier neighborhoods. Yeah. And guess what the median income in Colorado City, Texas, is it's $42,000, which is within 300% of the poverty line. So I'm guessing the, the citizens of his former town aren't getting the amount of power that they need to survive right now. Well, I'm sure. So they're picking a problem with him, and he's probably doing okay on his mayor's I ha- mean, people salary. are literally dying. They, yes. uh, there was that home that burned down. Uh, and a grandmother and three young children died because mm-hmm. they left the fireplace burning to keep warm. Yeah. There was uh, the family that left their car running in the garage oh, to gosh. warm up and they died of carbon monoxide. Like it, it's, tr- it's truly a disaster. Yeah. And that's not hyperbole. They've declared a disaster zone. Joe Biden did to uh, make way for um, generators, generators and, and 
I think water. Yeah, yeah. to be uh, deployed there. Yeah. Yeah. Why has the governor not stepped up and gotten the freaking National Guard in there to distribute food? And to distribute, like he may have actually, I, I'm I'm sure that I would love to look. I'm that sure up. at yeah, this point, I mean, because it's been at this point, it's been it's a been week, a well over a week. So, yeah. and the Texas Republican government has now also said they'll launch an investigation into the practices of uh, the grid. Mm-hmm. You said the the group earlier. I can't remember the name. ERCOT, Electric Reliability Council, mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah. Speaking of know. not doing your freaking job. Ted Cruz is going on vacation. Oh, son of a bitch. Um, my, I think that my favorite tweet I saw, and there's a lot of them, was uh, no one should have to look at this many pictures of Ted Cruz ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sick of it. I never want to see that fucking facial hair oh ever God. again. <laughs> well, so if you don't know what we're talking about, Ted Cruz, while his constituents in Texas literally froze, booked a flight for his two daughters, his wife, and himself to Cancun. Um, some of their friends too, right? Mm-hmm. Like the uh, daughter. Yeah, daughters and friends. That's yeah. what he uh, claimed, yeah. Um, and In of a course, panoramic? <laughs> was spotted at the airport. Pictures were taken, and then more pictures were taken on the plane. Internet mm-hmm. sleuths essentially outed him <laughs> while his office declined to say where he was uh, until finally video was shot of him in Cancun at the airport flying back the following day. Mm-hmm. And he tried several, several different... Tactics to Tactics lie. Tactics to, to yeah. explain it. Uh, anybody well, want to go over those? I was just dropping them up at the airport. Okay, I was just going to drop them off in Cancun. Oh, no, you know. Here's what's Coming frustrating. Coming back the next day. <laughs> All of it? Pri- well, yes, but privilege. Mm. The school is closed, and he tries to blame it on his daughter, saying, they're out of school. Let's take a trip to Cancun. He said uh, they wanted to go to Cancun because they'd had a hard week. Which I Can mean, you imagine I, those I, poor I, girls? Oh. Hard week. So not only I've never been to Cancun. I, all <laughs> I have is hard weeks. <laughs> I, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Not only is he abandoning the state of Texas when he should probably be being a fucking public servant. Probably. Also, he is traveling. Oh, yeah, most should likely, be. right? He's traveling in the middle of a pandemic. With his family and family friends to a foreign country where Mexico's leading cause of the spread of the virus is American tourists. Mm -hmm. Well, so like I said, let's let's go over the timeline of it. He uh, he also requested a police escort to get to the airport. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's that. That's one. I don't want them to be Um, mad at me. He said he was just dropping them off initially. And then there's pictures of him on the plane. So then he said, oh, he was just going to drop them off in In Cancun, Cancun. which what? Which how old are these girls? 10 and 12. You're just going to drop a 10 and 12 year old. off. No, his wife was there. I guess he was dropping his wife off, too. Uh, And then he said, oh, I was just going to go and fly back the following day. Even though there's an itinerary that has Ted Cruz there flying back on Saturday. So essentially he throws his his daughters under the snowplow. And then. (laughs) Good one. um, He he finally breaks down and admits, well, obviously going was a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But he also said his daughters, they were going. From uh, what was it Wednesday to to Saturday? Because mm-hmm. his daughters had school again on Monday, except for the daughter's school. Oh yeah, has a strict a, strict policy about you know if you travel, we, we internationally we, we we recommend that you do not travel. But if you do travel, you have to uh, quarantine, quarantine for five days. Yeah. So you the, know, like the, the kids national could not guidelines. Have come back to yeah. So had they not been caught, those fucking kids could have gone back they to their school, gone back to school yeah. and spread possibly spread covid throughout it like it just it's just nastier the most more, yeah he left his fucking dog mm. in a freezing cold house 
Like, he has security apparently was feeding the dog, but I wouldn't leave Louise in a cold, dark house by herself. And that dog's five pounds. Yeah, take it to, take it to fucking Mexico with you. Or <laughs> do your neighbors hate you so much that you they can't watch your fucking dog? It'll fit in your carry-on. It's just <laughs> so. And they went to the Monte Carlo, so it's not like dogs aren't allowed. allowed. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it, it, it just shows, like, Hillary Clinton hit the nail on the head when she said, uh, don't vote for anybody that you wouldn't trust your dog with. It's just, it's, uh. mm-hmm. Trash. Also, two, the two trending nicknames, which were so great, was uh, Fled Cruz oh, good and one. Flying Ted. Flying Ted. Both That's- great. Like Lying Ted? Yeah, that yeah. Lion Ted was what uh, Trump called him during the 2016 election. Damn. Lion Ted Cruz, Lion Ted. Damn. So then Flying Ted. Damn, and he still simps for Trump. That yeah. I don't get that. Yeah, <laughs> we also called his wife ugly. Yeah, oh, I remember that one. So Ted Cruz also sort of alluded to, oh, I was working the whole time, but what could I do? Well, what Your did job? other people do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what did other Well, Maybe I'll tell you what job. other people did. Beto O'Rourke organized 300,000 volunteer calls to help senior citizens. Nice. To find heat, water, food, and shelter, and is still making more calls. That was just in one day. Um, and then, of course, you have uh, AOC who raised three million dollars in relief efforts in New York yeah. for Texas, and then coast. flew down there to help. Yeah, <laughs> imagine <laughs> senators helping people. <laughs> and I saw I saw this tweet somewhere. I don't remember who sent it. Sorry, uh, but but they they sort of pointed out like, why is it that when Beto O'Rourke steps up and helps the people of a state that didn't elect him mm. and uh, AOC who steps up and, and raises a shit ton of money to help them when they all hate, hate AOC, mm-hmm. that's not considered unity. Unity can only be giving Republicans exactly what they want. Yeah. It's just, it's mind boggling. And the, the real shitty thing about it is as we dunk on Ted Cruz, cause he's a piece of shit mm. and, and, and we, we get angry about what's happening there. We are also forgetting how many people Stepped were really up, yeah. struggling through all of it, you know? Still hundreds really, of thousands of people don't really have terrible power. time. Yes, or water. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's completely... It's mind-boggling the level of indifference that the people who are in charge and volunteered to take care of people in this state, just the level of indifference that they have towards yeah. their position and the people that need them right now. Their power, yeah. Well, in the United States, it's... it's frustrating as we as Americans, we, we hold ourselves up. We, you know, fucking piece of shit Ronald Reagan had said, like, oh, we're a, a shining city on a hill. Mm. And then constantly it's this. Like, yeah. people are freezing to death in their homes because mm-hmm. an entire power grid goes down. And the, what? The, Elected officials. The third largest state pop- population-wise? Yeah. About that, yeah, I'd it's, say. It's like... What does it take for people to realize like, oh, we've got to start working for the betterment of everyone Mm -hmm. and not just the richest of rich? Yeah. You know, why is it that we have literal citizens in this country who are billionaire, billionaire, billionaires, Mm -hmm. and then people are freezing to death in their homes? Yeah. And that's not just citizens. Like, you got to think about who all is being affected by this. Detention centers have no power or water right now, and they already are mistreated. When the power is on detention centers for immigrants and jails and prisons, people are just being left not only to COVID. Now they don't have clean water or heat or electricity right now. It's it it just keeps getting worse the more that you think about it. And there's still so much indifference towards it. Ted Cruz can just fucking go to Cancun. Yeah. As people are are either freezing or dying of a pandemic. It's just, you know, shitty. And 
I, the whole message is Texas. Get your shit together. Mm-hmm. You know, like mess. If, if you want to be, if you tout yourself as this, you know, uh, Lone you know, Star. Lone Star. You could do it all alone. Well, it didn't turn out this way. And the people you elected, imagine if you were a country and Ted Cruz was one of your high ups. He would elect. Yeah, you're he elected. Fled, he literally fled the country. <laughs> if Texas wants so bad to have this separate grid system and be self-reliable, then you need to value people over profit. Yeah. Bottom mm-hmm. line. And you need to have your shit together enough even to they, provide even they the don't service that have, you promised Even to if they people. don't want to have their own grid system, yeah. they still need to learn to value people over profit. Yeah, that yeah. should actually but that's be a, a starting lesson point. That we need yeah. to learn across the uh, entire country. Uh, so on TV this week, there were two daytime interviews uh, that had a lot of controversy surrounding them mm. um, for different reasons. Uh, the first one being Tamron Hall's interview of Sherry Pie or uh, Joey Googly Melly, mm-hmm. who was a contestant on, on season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race. He was disqualified after making it all the way to the top four, was heavily edited out because of, I mean, the word is allegations, but he, he admitted to them. Yes. Of yeah. um, essentially online predatory behavior. And then the second interview was Gail King on CBS This Morning, interviewing FKA Twigs about the abuse she endured by Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Uh, so let's break it down and talk about them separately and then we can talk about the overarching mm-hmm. themes. Uh, I, I want to start the Sherry Pie conversation mm-hmm. by yeah. one straight up question. After the backlash that Tamron Hall received for having him on the show at all, mm-hmm. do you agree or disagree with allowing or interviewing uh, a person like Sherry Pie on a show? Yes. Yes. I, I mean, yes. Sorry for clarification because I'm not even sure how I asked that. Yes, you agree that that... It was okay for her to have him on. Yeah. Oh, yes, okay, yes, cool. yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I don't think there should ever be any sort of like censorship mm-hmm. in that way. I, I also agree. And I found it interesting because the interview was live. There was a huge pushback on, on what was happening when no one had heard or seen what the interview consisted of. Exactly. Yeah, like, he it, disappeared. It was just an yeah. announcement of like, year. this is who we're talking to. Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, because in some shows, like, um, for instance, Gail King interviewed R. Kelly. Got an Emmy. And it was, yes, but it was pre-recorded. And they teased it and released bits of it. And it would have been different had we seen bits of that and then been like, I love your drag. Like, the things you did are great. Like, it was none of that. Right. Mm -hmm. There was no praise. Exactly. So it it was a, even even if there was, like, if it had been pre-recorded and we saw bits of it and we're like, this is fucked up. It should not be happening. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. But to know someone's being interviewed... And to have no context of what that interview was going to be. Yeah. I think it's weird to say, you can't do this. You're not allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How do you think, do you think Tamron Hall handled it well? Do you think she could have done something better? I thought she handled it great. Like, cause Mm -hmm. she was not even going to allow Sherry Pie to even put the blame of why she, or not even the blame, but why she did it on like due to a mental illness or anything like that. Or oh, even yeah, she like, she no. was like, she shut him down. I'm going, yeah. no, that's not a reason. Or, you know, like she specifically, like, you are not out, justified. Like, what we are, just want to know why. what are you doing other than therapy to actually fix this problem? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh yeah. She asked him like, what have you done to, to remedy this? And he was like, well, I'm in therapy. And she's like, no, that's for yourself. What are you doing for others? The larger for the community. Group. Yeah. I think it's important that she had the interview. I'm confused about the timing. But I think that it's important to see what people have to say after they've done something terrible, not so that they can be rectified for it, but rather so I feel like it can be cathartic and it can well, it's also it learning. can be good because if you are left with so many questions, why the fuck would this person do this? And she nobody ever got to have those answers as to why Sherry Pie did this and this 
unfortunately, this interview didn't do much for that yeah, either yeah. because oh, no. she's never, Sherry Pie, he never explained himself for it. But there was that hope that maybe he would have been able to give that kind of answer and a better apology. Well, which I, I don't, don't even feel know like if it we needed because it just felt like a, another apology that was already mm-hmm. rehashed from a year ago. Yeah, yeah and I'll, I'll straight up um, say that he, it did, the, the interview. I don't disagree about. I don't disagree with Tamron Hall about performing the interview, mm-hmm. but having watched, it, it was like we, no one needed this. This right. this was use. Like there was no the timings off. There was no growth. But I do yeah. like that she was like, he's not hawking a book. He's not hawking a podcast. Yeah. He's not getting anything out of this. Yeah, I thought that was an important thing to point out. Right. Yeah. Uh, there has been a lot of backlash though that they said that she should have had uh, some of the victims on to give them the same platform. Yeah. Do you? I think that would have made it a lot more palatable to the public. It wouldn't seem so almost disrespectful to give him that platform other than to be like, all right, own up to what you did. Say sorry. When he couldn't even do that properly. He couldn't even do that in a meaningful way to these people. So I think it's important to hear what he had to say, but if you don't give the same voice and platform to the people who were hurt by it, perhaps they declined. We don't know, but... yeah. Then what is it? What was it really worth? Well, and she sort of said something. It almost felt like in passing, where she's like, "We didn't want to have some of your victims on here and end up being a crosstalk of like this, like this a, a, and this." I, and I don't and think that. it needed to feel like a Jerry Springer show. No, you know, it just it was it was very watching, and I was like, "Why are you like why?" Yeah, having watched it, like he seemed completely out of his depth. Yeah, he didn't seem like he'd put really any thought process into yeah, no doing this interview. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it just felt, I don't know. Like I, I hated the idea of, of telling someone that the interview is wrong before seeing it, mm-hmm. but I'm fully fine with people watching the interview and being like, no one ordered this. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's sort of how I felt after it. I was like, Taryn Hall, you know, good for you for trying to, to ask the hard questions. And cause Sherry Pie would just start sort of meandering an answer. Oh yeah. And then Taryn would be like, okay, I'm asking this question. And Sherry now. Pie like, always turned it back you. to himself. Yeah. Yeah. It always became back about him instead of yeah. just be. And the best thing that he had to offer for his actions, for an explanation, was I'm sorry. And once again, I don't think you can like you can't blame her for that because he kind of tr- he kept and trying no, to take oh, yeah, the no, direction. So I think she did an excellent job. Um, yeah. But yeah, I w- I wish that you know some of the victims could have been a part of that, like a, a different segment. Obviously, I yes. wouldn't want them being like. Perhaps Jerry surviving Springer, R. Kelly you know, style, I mean, where they were in separate um, interviews entirely. But well, I think it, it's also yeah. I almost sort of feel like sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're it right. almost feels like it may have been better if they did a pre-interview and recorded it, and they're like, "Is this even worth showing?" Yeah, because right. I feel like, or I don't. I mean, I don't know what Tamron Hall's show is behind the scenes, but like, I would have been like, "Okay, a producer's gonna ask you these questions and go through it with you, and if we sit here and watch you." And we don't feel like it's worthwhile putting it on the air. We're not going to do it. Right. You know, it felt like a, a executive producer or, a, or even an assistant producer could have sat down with a list of questions that Tamron gave the producer, mm-hmm. ask Sherry these questions. And if Sherry's still going, um, uh, I just want to say I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. Yeah. They're like, you know what? We don't need to have you on the show because you're not, yeah. you're not. One of the coolest things about the way that Tamron handled the beginning of the episode was she was like, listen, I've interviewed rapists. I've interviewed murderers. Uh, Tamron's sister had been murdered and she was like, I would sit down and interview my sister's murderer. Yeah. She's like, these are the hard things I, I do as a reporter, but I, I feel like finding people's truth mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. yeah. And I think coming at it from that perspective, I'm like, Oh, I get it. Uh-huh. But you have to figure out first if someone's going to give a truth 
that's worth yeah, sherry pie was still like i don't know exactly like if you bring a murderer on your show and the murderer just twiddles her thumbs and like mm-hmm. acts uh, talks like, about themselves I don't know, I just did it's not it. it's there's no need to have yeah. them on yeah and i feel like there there could have been a little more due diligence mm-hmm. on the part of the tamron hall show not about wanting to have this person on but on, on whether or not they were prepared there's more to owning up to truth than just saying i did it mm-hmm. right Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I think there could have been a little more of, of whether or not he was prepared to, you know. There needed to have been a, like, a better vetting process, I think. Uh, so, as we mentioned, there was the other interview that was uh, Gail King interviewing a victim of domestic abuse, FKH Wiggs, at the hands of Shia LaBeouf. Yes. Um, Heidi, what did you find particularly interesting about it? So, FKH Wiggs is doing the very important work of reframing how you interview people who have experienced abuse. And that is, she told Gail King straight up, I'm not going to answer that question, why I didn't leave. Because what we should be asking is, why did they hold you hostage by abusing you? She's giving the responsibility back to the abuser instead of the person who was abused. Yeah, the, like, who could, why they couldn't leave, yeah. I fully agreed with what she said, but uh, hey, the way... The way Gail King asked, it was not in a, like, a, why didn't you leave? Yeah. It was very oh, much no. like she said, I'm not sure if this is a question I should be asking, but, yeah. you know, it's the question that everyone wants to know, typically, like, why, you know, why didn't you leave? And I do think there is a little bit of, not to, not to disagree, obviously, mm-hmm. with FKA Twigs, I, the, the, the responsibility is on the abuser. Yes. Um, but I do think there is, because if you look up the, the percentages out there, there are a lot of victims of domestic abuse. People that are still in the relationship right now, people have already left. Um, I think it's worth asking, why didn't you leave? Because if someone is still in an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and they can hear that answer, they're like, oh, that's me right now, I should leave. Like if they're like, I didn't leave because this was happening to me and it took me this long to realize I could get out of it. Mm -hmm. If someone's feeling that way and they see, oh, that's how I feel, and it, it wasn't true for them. Like if she said, I didn't leave because I felt, because he made me feel trapped. Yes. Then when someone says, oh, that's how this person's making me feel. Yeah. But I think just I telling your too. story is enough to make somebody realize, oh, that's happening to me. And she was able to leave. I should be able to leave. Because when you say, well, why didn't you just leave? But that's not what she said. Yeah. There's a difference between yeah. if I someone in an interview had said preventatively. I'm, yes. But I'm saying like if someone had said in an interview, well, why didn't you leave? Why'd you stay with them? Yes. That's different than being like Yeah, no, you know, Gail King is still very professional yeah. and did it as wonderfully as that question could go. I see what you mean. So I, I feel like in a lot of questions and a lot of way we handle things, it's nuanced. Mm. And I, I think a, a better there's also better questions than, you know, if I'm being honest, I think they had a discussion before, maybe in the last interview FKA Twigs had. Yeah. Someone said, why didn't you leave? And she's like, you know, fuck this. And so in this interview, because there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes and there's a lot mm-hmm. of producing and a lot of uh, questions that I'm sure are written out beforehand. She says, you know, hey, I'd like a chance to speak on, yeah. on this question I find problematic. You're saying she wanted to bring up that. I th- yes. I th- that's how I felt watching that. it. Not, and I don't think that's it a bad thing. It was very neat. I, I think it, it yeah. was, it was Gail King not wanting to, to sound like the person who would ask the question mm-hmm. and FKA being like, just how I saw it. And mm-hmm. I think FKA Twigs was fantastic in an interview. I think it was a, a useful, valuable interview yeah. for so many victims she out there. She was so strong mm-hmm. Absolutely. talking about it too. But I think, I think it was a little bit of a moment where she was like, I think other people shouldn't have to experience this question. And nice. I would like to speak on that. Right yeah. on. And they set it up the way it, it was set up, which in my head, I was like, Gail King is a genius enough interviewer to find a place to be like, 
oh, why didn't you leave? In saying, like, you were with him for so long, uh, and you, you clearly endured so much. How did you find yourself at the point where you were able to leave? Yeah. That's yeah. a much different question than why didn't you leave? It says, like, what got you to the point to empower you to leave? Like, yeah. I feel like there are so many other ways that she could have gotten to that question. It felt a little um, purposeful to have so mm. gracefully asked that question to give her the chance to answer it the way she did. Well, it worked because it's catching Absolutely. fire. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that wasn't valuable. I think it definitely was valuable. And she definitely did it lovingly. And that's what FKA responded. She was like, I think you meant that question out of love. And I appreciate that, but I'm not going to answer it. Well, because I feel like if I felt like you were in an abusive relationship, I mm-hmm. might say, and you were still in it, I might say to you, why are you still there? Yeah. You know, but I guess that's a little different than saying, why didn't you leave? Yeah. Because mm. it, you only ask that question, why didn't you leave after the fact, right? You only finally are able to be like, what took you so long? Um. Typically with abusive relationships, because typically in abusive relationships, the woman or the man or anyone does not pipe up about what's going on. They will make excuses. Oh, I fell down the stairs. Oh, he's just having a hard time at work right now. Well, there's also like, yeah, that's why. But that's why I think it's interesting to ask the question. Because you could say, like, why, why didn't you leave? Why did you mm-hmm. stay so long? Because then they finally have to open up and explain and, what And was they could happening. say, you know, well, right. there were times that I thought he did this and this and this. Like, in the way you're asking the question, there's, there's always, like, the divorce attorney when they're fighting over the kids. Mm-hmm. That the woman has claimed she's abused, and the voice attorney goes, well, if he was so abusive, why didn't you leave? Here That's I am. That's <laughs> an aggressive, disgusting <laughs> question. Right. Yeah. When an interviewer says, you know, you stayed with him for so long, why didn't you leave? And that's when the person is given the opportunity to say, you know, there were these moments that I thought he loved me so much and, and I was so hoodwinked mm-hmm. or, or gaslighted into this yeah. that it, it took me the time to figure out, oh, this isn't okay and yeah. I deserve better. And if you're out there feeling that same way too, you need to realize you deserve better than this. Yeah. And I think that's an answer that comes from asking why they stayed. Yeah. Because people do stay for reasons. I stayed because my children were there and I was terrified that I couldn't find an, an escape. Yeah. Or like, it would hurt me if I left. Exactly. Or I or felt thin. trapped. That's or why I feel like... He would kill like, himself. Like, just yeah. goes on and on and on. There's a plethora of reasons as to why. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I don't always think it's, it's a negative to ask somebody in a loving way, mm-hmm. what were the things that kept them there? So if anybody else is still experiencing those things, they can see that they need to get out yeah. too. Yeah. Just, no, you're right. I think it's just important because like you are saying that as long as it's coming from a place of concern rather than a place of assumption that it was unreasonable, that they didn't just leave in the first place. So from a place of concern, I think it is a perfectly valid question to ask but i guess i think it's also a timing question yeah yeah it's it's really based on timing because if someone's already Mm -hmm. told you like i felt trapped like blah 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 and then you say well why didn't you just leave like i think it's also ways of of reframing a question to maybe empower them instead of saying why didn't you leave you say you know what was it that kept you there what made you feel like you were unable to leave for so long you know, and I, with that, I think we should just praise FKA Twigs for being as brave as she was and mm-hmm. for stepping out and, and speaking her truth. Absolutely. For sure. And fuck Shia LaBeouf. Empower victims, not perpetrators. Like, why the, again, why the fuck did we have to listen to Sherry Pie babble on about her therapy session? So now it's time for every gay man's favorite part of the evening. Let's do some poppers. Just open up, you know? Yay! So Dolly Parton this week uh, continued to prove that she is just 
an icon and none of us are, are worthy. Uh, after donating a million dollars to help develop the uh, vaccine Moderna. to fight COVID, in my arm. she responded to a bill in the Tennessee state legislature to erect a statue on Capitol grounds in her honor. Uh, she said, quote, I want to thank the Tennessee legislature for the consideration of a bill to erect a statue of me on the Capitol grounds. I am honored and humbled by their intention, but I have asked the leaders of the state legislature to remove the bill from any and all consideration. Given all that is going on in the world, I don't think putting me on a pedestal is appropriate at this time. I hope, though, that somewhere down the road several years from now, or perhaps after I'm gone, if you still feel I deserve it, then I'm certain I will stand proud in our great state capital as the grateful Tennessean. In the meantime, I'll continue to try to do good work to make this great state proud. I mean, just... Humility. What a... Fucking But humbly I disagree. Put get that bitch a yeah. statue right now. Give her two statues. <laughs> yeah. Well put her on top of the dome. Right now. <laughs> let's put that money in their relief because they're having oh, a lot well. of yeah. issues. But she's uh <laughs> so Dolly, we love that, you. It's all true. <laughs> yeah. Um so mine's kind of a two parter this week. Um it's official. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have confirmed to the Queen that they will not be returning as working members of the family. Right so on. they will be stripped of their titles. Um, but they are also pregnant again. Well, <gasps> Meghan's pregnant again I with didn't their know second that. child. So and people say they are pregnant. Well, yeah. So congratulations to them. Yeah, it's great. Good for them. Congrats. I have one, a little bit less fun, but the Paris Climate Accord. We are officially back in as of Friday, February 19th. Yeah, this comes after Biden was just inaugurated. He immediately sent a letter to the United Nations, thus starting the 30-day process to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord. This, of course, comes after President Trump started the withdrawal process back in June of 2017. The Paris Climate Accord, if you don't know what it is, is a treaty that sets a global framework to address climate change and reduce global greenhouse emissions. By the way, the U.S. is number two in the world for greenhouse emissions behind China and also the only country to leave the Paris Climate Accord since its origin in 2015. But we're back now. That's great. So it's fine. (laughs) What a collection of uplifting poppers. Yeah. Yeah. I feel looser already. Well, as we alluded to earlier, there is a civil war growing in this country. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's tearing our citizens apart. Mm -hmm. Uh. And truly, I don't know how we're going to get through this together, but um, Heidi, do you want to explain what is going on? Divisions just have never been higher between the two, the two parties, Gen Z and millennials. <laughs> the most pressing topics of the times right now being the center or side part, whether skinny jeans are appropriate, and whether the cry laugh emoji is... Even respectable at this point. What are, what are, what are our thoughts on that, <laughs> guys? I mean, I think the obvious perspective is that Gen Zers should just shut up because they don't know anything. <laughs> I just want to know, for a, for a generation who has grown up so much on the internet and has experienced cyberbullying and has spoken up for legislature against such things why are they bullying us on side versus center parts they say oh my gosh everyone looks better in a center part these bitches have not seen my nose if you've got a symmetrical <laughs> face okay fine but i do not have that what do you what do you think it's side because or of that whole well i'm a side part oh i'm a side part great. and i'm a skinny jeans person and mm-hmm. i am a laughing crying emoji but mine's the tilted one. Oh, well i think that one's acceptable 
Okay, well, okay. <laughs> okay. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. If the emoji's there, it's, why it's are certain fine, emojis censored? It, you can't use it unless it's leaning to the left. That is, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's that for? <laughs> That's stupid. Do not censor my emoji use. Gen Z. Sorry, aren't you Gen Z? What it the fuck depends. are you talking about? Okay. Acting like, that, see, that is the most Gen now, Z thing right there. this is the hot there. topic. To, to, to <laughs> take control of them. it and to be the oppressed one. She's like, <laughs> I'm being victimized by Gen Z. She's fucking 24. That's how they like to do I'm it. I'm a millennial. I'm sure. I am a cusper. We mentioned this last time I was in the episode. I was born in 1996. It's a oh big question mark. There's a lot of controversy, like whether it's like 2000 and later or 1998 and later. We just don't know. I'm not, we to, just not, don't. not to requote other people's tweets. I'm a tweets cusper. I'm different. Too much. Sorry. But there was that tweet that was out there. It was like, Gen Zers will be like, I really went through something traumatic today. And it'll be like, they were stuck in traffic. It's like, <laughs> ugh. Okay, so I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize that you were so old, Heidi. Um, so, older. you, but you are closest to that generation. Yeah. Are you, um, like, what's the deal with the jeans? Why do they want to look like everyone's mom? I, so... I don't understand because skinny jeans look so good with boots, but yeah, I, do, I guess boots that. are out and cute little sneakers are in or something like that. Everybody wants to have that like cute oversized look right now. And I guess skinny jeans just aren't doing it for them anymore. I don't know. I'm a skinny jean person. I wear skinny jeans. Like if leggings are acceptable, why aren't skinny jeans? I'm a skinny jean person majority of the time especially if it's like dressed up mm-hmm. i do have baggier jeans and i do have baggier pants my favorite are my black diane keaton mm. <laughs> pants that i have they're high-waisted too so <laughs> um it depends on the day but skinny jeans overall i say free the jean i'm just I'm, I'm staying silent on all of luke's <laughs> pants like i love my I, pants i am oh, yes um as far as i mean Here's what I don't get about the whole Gen Z, like, pretending they're fashion icons. It's all just, it's all things we've done before. Like, uh-huh. it's, it's oh, all yeah. literal 90s trends that we were there for. Mm-hmm. Like, don't act like you invented baggy pants. Or don't act parts. like you invented fanny packs. Don't mm-hmm. act like you invented center parts. Like, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas erasure by Gen Z is <laughs> truly disgusting <laughs> and something we should not stand for, mm-hmm. okay? And also... My, it, I almost feel like my hair during COVID has heard about this and just didn't let me know because I had a really well-placed side part, right? Oh. But as I've not left my house for weeks at a time, my part has slowly started moving towards the center because okay. I've got real curly hair. So it will give you like a three-quarter side, middle part. Like, like it really is coming in <laughs> like this. And it doesn't look good. I, so I, I don't mind it. Well. Oh. <laughs> it's just you it's know because we're not constantly brushing it over to that that's true you know mm. it, but i i don't think and that's my that's my thoughts on the fashion aspect it's of it. like trends. like i'm sorry that you found it's this trends. stuff because this is really where i think millennial trends come from mm-hmm. it comes from people finding things at thrift stores wearing them and then other people be like oh that's what kids like and then they start selling it right yeah it's like oh, oh yeah. you found they found our jeans that we gave to goodwill and they wore them ironically and then it stopped being ironic yeah and they thought that they invented fashion it didn't happen um as far as the hair same thing goes with like once you put on the baggy pants you have to part your hair down the middle because you know that's what the babysitter's club did where i really get stuck in it is the emojis 
what do you give a shit what emoji I'm using? I'm not texting you. Because <laughs> <laughs> their mom's using it. So what? Like, uh, listen. It's to express, like, laughing. I've heard that, like, they use the cry emoji to laugh. Or, in... or the skull and crossbones. Yeah, like, what? Because they're dead. They're dead with like, laughter. Like, MAO, I'm oh dead God, right dead. now. Like, I'm dead. If we're going to erase <laughs> any emoji, erase that stupid big-eyed one that people send. To I... the left? Looking to the left? No, 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 no. The shocked one. No, the like, mm, one. Oh, the puppy dog eyes. Yes. That sound is all I could think of to make the emoji. It was like, I love eye that one. one. See, of course you do. That's the one that you called the bussy emoji, wasn't it? Yeah. That's, aw. That's also, that's, yeah, that's like the, that's the thought emoji. That's like a, that's like a bottom's favorite emoji. <laughs> that's what you said when I use it. Because I'm like, please like that that emoji means like but please sir i don't know please sir. but and then, and then joel was like actually that's the bottom emoji yeah changed a lot for me also as a millennial i don't remember arguing with gen x no i feel like we bond your damn hip-hop music and, and also if we're talking about it you're gonna come for us you literally just changed the letter of someone else's generation <laughs> did like, they come up with and, that or and you thought scientist? you reinvented the wheel they're like guys what if we changed the X to a Z. That is sad. And, and our prom theme is under the sea. <laughs> so fucking redundant. That's so 90s. Well, as always, uh, we are also a low-key drag race recap podcast. And for this recap, we have a special, special guest. Mm-hmm. Guest host Alfredo Solivan is back. Hello. Our resident Just to be clear, host. it's Alfredo Solivan. Oh, Just no, so, so we're sorry. Clear. It's not Alfredo Sullivan. <laughs> okay. So, Alfredo Sullivan. Uh, okay, she got French. It's French, but it's yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what can I help you with? Uh, what, tell us about your thoughts on Drag Race this week. Uh, this week was the big Rusical episode. Um, and the, we, we, you were showing me just yesterday, or the day before yesterday, um, that Rusical ranking from one to how many there are. And, and all there's honestly, nine, I think. There's totally. nine. Not counting the most recent one. Uh, and not counting UK. Yeah, they didn't count. It was just the oh, American ones. Got it. Well, they're all bad. They're all bad. I mean, they're so bad. All, they're just, they're terribly written. They're, they're very campy, which is like, if you're into that, great. I, I'm, I'm into that. Um, they're just really, really poorly written. And so it's just like a chance for the queens to act a fool and who can act um, the best fool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week, I really, really believe that Tina Burner did the absolute best out of all of the queens really? on that stage. She had the most to do, and she did it really, really well. Mm. Not that that's not to discredit anybody else. Yeah. I mean, two people can be good at the same time. Um, but I thought that Tina Burner did really well, and I, maybe I'm only saying that because the judges were so ag- harsh. Uh, yeah, yeah, harsh and against her, and it really seemed like they were only picking at that one little thing at the end, at the very, 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 very end of the number mm-hmm. when she did like noticeably stop moving her mouth to the song as she was dying. Yeah, it um, but it was in like- the. Last three seconds. Grasping at straws. Right. It seemed like, we want Tina in the bottom. We want to shake her. Yeah. How can we do it? Oh, she stopped singing for this one minute. Right. Like, and it that, was insane. That's all they talked and about. And if she like, terrible, you could have cut to other parts of exactly. it. Exactly. But they just kept cutting to one bit. It made no that's sense. So, no sense whatsoever. But, you know, Rosé ultimately won the episode, and mm-hmm. deservedly so. Yeah. Um, she was really, really great. Her voice sounded great. Her look on the runway was really fantastic. That um, reference to the Jim Carrey's The Mask was just, like, spot on. Mm-hmm. Despite it being orange. It was not. It was orange. not fucking orange. It was not <laughs> orange. So what say you, Joel? 
Well, no, because I, I, I have lots of thoughts, but I wanted to ask specifically about what y'all thought about this musical. Because for oh. once, I felt like usually the performances really outpace the material they're given. Mm-hmm. And with this one specifically, I feel like a lot of ways the material was out pacing the performances <laughs> like there was some bits in it and, and the references that the show was doing were, were really strong They're references solid, yeah. the chicago mm-hmm. references the um pirates of penzance yeah uh, and we're was, theater performers exactly. so we're a little bit biased but that was exciting and yeah. it was fun to watch and also the source Good material garbage. i was a little annoyed that they pretended that facebook invented social media yeah <laughs> like where was my space yeah, yeah they, o- they, they alluded to friendster being the old yeah. social media app in the in the room tina being a, tina burner being friendster but honestly i had never even heard of friendster i, don't oh, know I, what friendster friendster is? I remember friendster what? yeah but, but it was talk- very small it was where very... was my space where was, was live journal where was zanga <laughs> justice for zanga <laughs> uh, but i also felt like it was really long i felt like the rusical was so long, mm-hmm. which was reflective of how long this season is. Because yeah. that's what I really want to talk about. <laughs> it we'll was get a to metaphor. The end in a second, but this season is never going to end. Mm. Yeah. Never. Uh, but let's talk about the runways. Uh, Heidi, you have them listed, right? You want to just go down rapid fire? Yeah, let's start with Elliot with two T's, the, the matching taxis. <laughs> I thought Elliot looked great. I, I thought he looked really good. That it was fine. Wig. I loved the wig. I loved the sparkly hat. I love that she carried a little wheel. However, I wish I could have seen that corset more because the corset and legging silhouette. Just did it. Yeah, I thought she looked really good. Honestly, yeah. she did look good. There's nothing wrong with her outfit, but it was very reminiscent of the outfit she walked in, in where she wore a little corset top with a jacket mm-hmm. over it and pants. However, yeah, I like I these colors that. on her a lot better because that weird like chain necklace was not it was not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I did I actually didn't enjoy that she walked down the runway with a wheel because we couldn't really see what yeah. she was wearing when she's walking towards us. Um, until she put the wheel down. Like, hold it like a purse or something yeah. like, to the side. Oh, like... wheel, a steering wheel purse would have been so smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think about that. Anyway, who's next? Um, of course, Tina Burner. The, the other taxi? The twin oh, taxi. the other taxi. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's the best she's ever looked. Yeah, and that's another part of, the, mm-hmm. that's why I was so pissed that she was in the bottom. Right. Like, she, this was your color. did not look <laughs> terrible. <laughs> this um, was her color palette. We were yes, all rooting exactly. for you. Yeah, that's what really bothered me. She looked great. It's probably mm-hmm. the best she's looked. And they still put in the bottom. And she performed great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you could I don't tell know. About that. They were really and reaching. They were just trying to I feel like, pot. yeah, they were really reaching for her bottom yeah. to status. But she didn't have to lip sync, though. So. Okay. Yeah, that was even crazier. They worked so hard to put her in the bottom, too. And then they're and like, they can't do this. Sync. Yeah. Uh, who's next? Dumb. Simone. The strappy thing. Oh, I hated this look. You know, and Simone has set the bar for herself as so far as high. fashion goes. So very high. And mm-hmm. then she came out here in some suspenders attached and, to like an underwear and thigh yeah boots and with um, a fur coat that and wasn't the same coat. color yeah so i didn't under, i didn't understand it just this i don't maybe because you know uh uh we know this because we we know people who are on the inn um that they're told to bring x amount of looks they get the breakdown and they assume that like some looks will probably be for a mini challenge they're not mm-hmm. told but they're like oh this one sounds like a mini challenge so they don't put as much work into it or they're like, they might not use this look at all, so they don't put um. a lot of thought into it. And this looked like Simone didn't put any thought into this look whatsoever. She's yeah. like, oh, I already have this yellow These yeah. suspenders match this I, underwear. I, I, yeah, Fine. we're good now. Yeah, and I was really bothered by the fact that the yellow strap t- did not match the yeah. yellow fur jacket. Yeah. And then the yellow, super yellow wig didn't match uh. as well. Mm. It was just all different kinds of colors. Yellow. It was 
disappointing for the person that you have been consistently looking to. Did for that fierce skin fashion. still look fierce though? Oh, always. Yes. Girl, glowing. <laughs> yeah. Glowing. Who's next? Olivia Lux, the banana prom. This look. <laughs> this look, Olivia, she did look stunning. Absolutely stunning. She's always, always stunning. Um, but this was just your standard pageant, drag pageant mm. dress um, that later revealed, but never had to actually reveal mm-hmm. into a leotard. And, and she, she was like, oh, my God, this was a reveal. And then they like coerced her into just doing the reveal backstage. Uh, and it just revealed into a leotard that looked exactly the same. If I was her, I would have kept my mouth shut about it. Yeah. yeah. Or it would have been like, this reveals into a leotard. Yeah. Like, if she had to lip sync. Don't be like, you will be gagged. You'll never yeah. believe it. Yeah. But, the but, skirt comes off. But mind yeah. you, you said this earlier, I think earlier, she wasn't Joel, prepared to actually that get That reveal called. was the exact same reveal from her first look, the pink and yellow look. Yeah, the oh, same it was thing. pink and yellow. Uh, there's obviously a theme here that it just, a gown revealed into a leotard. That's not like, that. that's not, we're not gagged not by gag that. Not gag yeah. We're just not yeah. gagged by that. It's not, it's not changing the game. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, I did like the feather uh, plumes. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah, was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. They were cute. Those are fun. All right, got Mick. That little dummy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I Luke alluded to this earlier. There's been a lot of doubled up looks through this season. Yeah. There were the two taxis on this runway. Twin taxis. Uh, there was the. There have been two crash test dummies. Yeah, two crash test dummies. There were two um, trains. Got Mick changed her look and didn't. Oh yeah, she out didn't it, do but the there train. were two trains. Right, and there's the the and hair. The two, yeah, the the cat, the, the candy, and the Olivia wig. That, the mm-hmm. bubbles. Yeah, it's that's just been so. I thought it was interesting that there was another dummy look. Yeah, uh, I didn't hate it. It didn't, no, you know. It was fine. Yeah. It was fine. You know, it looked the makeup was well done. I thought the little ponytail with the string yeah, that was cool. Those were cool. Mm-hmm. Very Thorgy. <laughs> yeah, um, cute little waist outside the little plastic pieces. You know, I will say I am, <laughs> as you know, I'm not the biggest Scott McFan. She's grown on me a little bit, but. I'm sick of the walk down the runway and then jump to both feet. Mm-hmm. Look for it. <laughs> Joel was like counting down to it as we were watching the episode. She was like, is she going to jump? Is she going to jump? Here we go. Three, two, one. And then, but this time she was wearing really, really tall heels. Mm-hmm. And so she just did the tiniest little jump. But she still did it. <laughs> it's just such a weird signature. Like, and then I jump. I just, I don't get it. it it's like, her power The way pose. they sort of knock Utica for like, doing this same weird like comedy walk. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they would knock that. It's like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the fashion you're bringing out. You're not informing some aspect of it. I just don't get it. Mm. It's Personally. cute though. It's like cute. Sure. For yeah. you, fine. All right, Denali and the Python Medusa. Hated it. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I didn't like it. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't like the bodysuit. I didn't like the headpiece. It made her ass uh, look really big. And that's fine. Good for her. Uh, but not in a yeah. purposeful way. It didn't look like she was like, this is going to make my ass look big. It was like, oh, I forgot. This makes me like, like a pear. I thought yeah. the eyeshadow was a little confusing. Didn't she have like a green eyeshadow look going on with I think it, Python? It, I don't remember, honestly. Yeah. The, the whole that. I can see the whole look in my head, but I can't see specifics. I do remember it being like a paler yellow, mm-hmm. which is like a choice because yellow is yellow. Mm-hmm. Um. So, if, you know, when you're going to do a yellow runway, you want to do the yellow runway, not yeah. this pale, muted yellow. Yeah. Um, that doesn't really pop out at you. It mm-hmm. was fine. Candy Muse and the Lemonade Coachella realness. Fine. She was fine. missing the bat. Yeah, she's just wearing a dress. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> no, I, would, I, I thought it would have been funnier had she brought a bat. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's, it was very clearly, and she said so herself, a reference to um, Beyonce 
Beyonce. Beyonce in her lemonade video. Mm-hmm. Beyonce. Um, Beyonce. <laughs> she Beyonce that runway. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, and it was almost a, like a spot on recreation of that dress. Yeah. So I, I don't know if she then, deserved to be in the bottom. What? What? Really? Uh-huh. You, I didn't think her performance was that bad. Well, let's get through these looks and we'll talk about this. Uh, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Scratch it. Okay. Because you need to think about that for a I minute. I might. All right. <laughs> well, okay. Utica. Oh, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't love it. Yeah. yeah. She's a, she's one of those queens, and they said this recently about um, one of the UK girls. Um, uh, that look was too smart for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, we, we, we didn't see the reference like, oh, right away, medieval, and she explained like... it to us as she went down the runway. And okay, that's cool, but it still didn't look good. It was she, just like a garment that was yellow, but it was like. Yeah. What? I mean, I, like, okay, I, I love that I... you're trying to reference this. Um, medieval yeah medieval dress that went out of style because um they it was, was they deemed it too too risque yeah too risque but you didn't do a good job making a dress out of it uh, whatever waist looks snatched though the only thing i understood that really bothered me well i wouldn't say the only thing but i could have gone with her on this journey if it wasn't for the fabrics chosen for the skirt of it mm. they yeah. seemed very quilty yes yeah, sort of yeah. like oh this is what was lying around yeah yeah my my good judy had this extra drapes that she right. let me use but if I she had done Joanne like an, a more exactly. authentic brocade mm-hmm. yeah to a uh, yellow brocade obviously exactly because it wasn't there. even really yellow yeah mm-hmm. all right well moving on rosé Oh, in her mask? Look. Yeah. yeah. I'll be honest, I didn't notice the orangeness of it mm-hmm. as Michelle clocked until she clocked it. I, thought, I was like, oh, it's yellow. But it, the orange aspect of it was splitting hairs, but I thought it was, great. It was a great reference. Oh my yeah. gosh, it looks I so thought it was freaking great. good. I honestly, uh, uh, the dress was perfect. Her makeup could have been a little more elevated. I actually like the way she did the mask. I, you could have like defined the edges of the mask. That's exactly what I was thinking, bit, yeah. Heidi. The Maybe edges like where the where the green stops because it's supposed to be a mask. Mm-hmm. There should have been more shadow there to really define the edges of the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe uh, because it is a ma- well, no. When when Jim Carrey changes into the mask, it it doesn't have any texture to it. So I that part didn't need. Yeah. Actually, what I what I did like about it is the is the cut like she it it got like goldish towards the center of it, mm-hmm. so it looked like it it didn't look like just a flat face yeah. mask on it, which I thought was cool. Well, she was probably well highlighted done. with yellow. No, that makes sense. Yeah, smart. And you know what? Musical theater background came through during that performance mm-hmm. too for oh, the musical. Yeah. She, like she deserved to win. She absolutely freaking crushed it. 1, I couldn't take my eyes off of her. Yeah, well, so let's I actually, talk about that. but I didn't like what she wore. In the challenge, in the rusical, because um, it was just this really, really short skirt, and yeah. so her uh, uh, her and, panties and kept showing. Gag. I think that was the but, point. But I think yes, they gave them those costumes. Right. Uh, it came up later in in the rusical itself, like, oh, you're such a slut, you're too revealing, blah, blah. I was like, oh, that's why yeah. she's wearing but it's this so short, short in skirt. in the performance that you're asking. Yeah, like, I was just, I, I didn't like the dress, and I didn't understand the dress up until that lyric came around, mm-hmm. and that was well into the musical. I trusted in it because of honestly what Olivia Lux was wearing. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's going to be that was garbage. mom jeans and this Poor gray girl. tank top. Like, and honey was working her butt off because of sweat yeah. stains. Coming but out did, of she bring, dirty. did she bring those? Oh yeah. Cause she, she had, she did bring those sneaker wedges. And things. then like the yeah. she wore them jeggings earlier. with it and the gray yeah. top. And that toothpaste do? wig. <laughs> that crust. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about uh, the placement. Uh, I think we've all kind of said already, we were 
shooketh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, shooketh. I think we all got uh, two or three of the placements right out mm-hmm. of all of them. Mm-hmm. I knew for sure Rose was going to be in the top. Yeah. And I assumed Candy and Simone would be in the bottom. Other than that, they were all uh, right. wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I, definitely, I believe. I actually no. Well, the I mean, I was wrong with, with what I thought they were gonna do. Uh, I thought Tina and Rose were gonna be in the top. I don't really. Know, I don't really know who would have been the third. Um, but I was not expecting the Russians to be in the top yeah. at all. Yeah, just because I like I like they did a good job. They did a good job, but yeah. I don't. It doesn't stand out in my head. They only had the one number, and the judges are privy to more information than we are because mm-hmm. they get to see the whole picture, and while we're just seeing an edit, mm-hmm. edited picture. Yeah. So it's like, oh, they were talking about like, oh, when you were in the background, you were like really in it and going for it, but we couldn't. We can't see the that. Camera didn't pan there for right. us. Right. Yeah. So yeah, but like even I noticed like Elliot when she was in the background, she was like selfie videoing and doing a lot of TikToky stuff that I thought was smart. Like, yeah. I don't think... Yeah, I, well, I'm saying is we happened to see that because that's what was in the edit. No, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, what you're saying is true. Mm-hmm. It just... If you're going to... Because they're in control of the edit, too. Right. If you're... You, they know who's going to be in the top. So why don't you paint the edit to show us why these people are in the top? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I mean, Denali in that challenge looked like the cha-cha emoji. Yeah. She, <laughs> like, I, I didn't, just, she didn't look like cha-cha, a Russian bot at all. At all. And like... I, I, Maybe it was like an emoji costume, little salsa lady. Yeah, it and was, she just had it, and they're just like, "Oh, we can both wear." She red. didn't bring that dress. They gave that her that dress. Uh, yeah, and yeah, the reds didn't, didn't match. Yeah. like between the and one two. was a suit jacket, and one was a salsa dress. That yeah. was it. Didn't like, make okay sense. work. <laughs> I, yeah. They're like, well, you have to wear red, and this is what we have. So <laughs> it just it seems like they have such a hard on for Gottmik, and I just don't necessarily get it. Like. There are times where I'm like, oh, Gottmik's killing this, and she gets the praise for it. Mm-hmm. And then other times I'm like, mm, Gottmik's not doing great, and she gets the praise for it. Yeah. Like, if anything, I thought Gottmik would have deserved to be in last week's top three before she deserved to be in this week's top three. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought Utica's performance was really standout. She struggled to record it, but yeah. once she recorded it, she was up there nailing that Twitter joke. Like, mm-hmm. why not elevate her? Was it her look? Mm-hmm. And then, sorry, not to get out of it, but not Olivia coming for Utica in the Oh, my gosh. Untucked. She had, she was up set she was, she was like i week. thought you'd be going home and i was like bitch she had a sour face that entire um untalked episode yeah opinions <laughs> something was bothering her and she needed a hug okay maybe she thought with her musical theater background she'd be in the top and said she was just safe and so lashing out maybe they really yeah, did maybe. Her dirty with that damn t-shirt um, i can't get yeah. over that but so go ahead uh, there was the, the basically it was funny and because i feel like the strings of rubel's drag race are so apparent now we were all like, oh, are they going to give it to Rosé because she deserves it? Or are they going to take it away from Rosé because she deserves it and they want to punish her? <laughs> and I said, and I'll repeat my joke because I thought it was funny yesterday. I was like, <laughs> either they're going to give it to somebody else to give Rosé the Jan, or they're going to give it to Rosé to give Jan the Jan, <laughs> knowing that her uh, Stevie's Child bandmate <laughs> won the Rusical and Jan yet again didn't. <laughs> like, it felt like, I was like, oh, yeah. That makes sense. Well, all right. So um, Jan wins the Rusical episode. Deservedly <laughs> so. <laughs> no, Jan, I'm sorry. <laughs> I yes, mean Jan to, did. They I'm so sorry. I did not mean to trigger you in that way, as if you listen. So Rosé wins the Rusical episode. The bottom two are um, Simone and Candy Muse. Yeah. They have to lip sync for their life. And I thought they got that right. I thought those yes, two were that, the It made perfect the sense that those two were lip syncing together. Mm-hmm. Um, as shocking as it was. And Simone beats Candy Muse in the lip sync. 
It was close. Though. I don't think it was. Close I don't at think all. it was close. At all, at really? All. I don't I think like it was close. I I believe that I believe Simone won that lip sync. But it's all moot because as Kenny Muse is walking down the runway or back up the runway, RuPaul says, "No, never mind. I'm not ready for you to leave." Yeah. And so no one is eliminated. Candy Muse gets to stay. And um, a we're on. Opens next week instead of an episode. Yeah. And, and it's this, this season this is season's never gonna last forever. Going we've to had it. we've had eight episodes, and four of total where no one was eliminated. Yes, that's half. Yeah. We are two months into this season. <laughs> no. Yeah. Time yes. isn't real. <laughs> Think about it. It airs once a week. That's eight weeks that we've been watching, and there's mm. still nine queens on the show. Yeah. And nuts. it will be another two weeks before somebody goes home. If someone goes home, also. I said this yesterday. I was like, I would rather have them just sent Candy home. And if they really wanted to, to have her on the show, bring her back mm-hmm. in one of those like returning queen sticks. That's not like, as dramatic though as stopping her on the runway. Yeah, but I just, it, it just it felt like a waste of time. Like, <laughs> and not even because I wanted Candy to go home. I thought I, I actually have Candy softened a little bit and I, I don't mind watching Candy on the show. It just felt I wanted someone to go home. Yeah. yeah. I wanted someone to go home. Mm-hmm. We and, gotta whittle this down. Yeah. Well, let's douche. Let's douche. I, I could use a douche. Yeah. I need a shower. <laughs> you look a little stuffed up. So, uh, for mine this week, it is the douche of all douches. And I'm actually very excited to douche him and never have to douche him again. Um, Rush Limbaugh died this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you're not supposed to speak ill of the dead, but he is a rotten piece of shit. And while everyone's trying to stay warm this week, at least we can rest assured that one person is nice and toasty because Rush Limbaugh is burning in hell. <laughs> and if you think that's too um, aggressive, uh, why don't we remember that Rush Limbaugh on his radio show had uh, AIDS updates where he would play disco music and announce people that died of AIDS. And did an entire segment claiming that consent wasn't enough of a reason to justify various kinds of sex. He was one of the most disgusting, garbage. vile human beings, and I am so, so so happy that people will not have to hear his bullshit or be victimized by him ever, ever again. So, Rush, Blush. you're douched. Well, running off of that stream of Rush Limbaugh's death, a video of Pat Robertson from the 700 Club has resurfaced of him claiming that gay men have a secret ring that transmits HIV. Um, this is on par for all of his other homophobic statements that mm-hmm. he's made in years prior. So, I think it's just time to. Douche him once again. Get him down the tubes. And forever. You know? Yes. Paramison, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you douched. All right. And Heidi. Uh, for my douche of the week, I'd like to talk about professional douchebag and Newsmax host, Greg Kelly, who dissed Biden's dog, Champ. Mm. He said that he looks like he is from the junkyard, that he needs a bath and a comb, and looks a little rough. Also, who just speaks bad like, about dogs? Like, who just dogs? talks? He's like, who's going to dunk on a 12-year-old dog who probably doesn't have that long anyway? Yeah, but she mentioned the dog's 12. Like, yeah. a lot of older dogs look rough because they're at the end of their life. And the fact that, that dog's up and moving around and having a great time, like, yeah. listen, it's, that dog's a lot cuter than... than Him. Um, than, well, yeah, but it's a lot cuter than Donald Trump's dog. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric. Yeah. That was his name. <laughs> And what riveting journalism Newsmax must have a slew of if they're really coming down to dunking on elderly dogs. So with that, let's just douche him out. Let's just douche him off the face of the planet. Flush. Well, it's that time again. It's time for our final thoughts. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Luke, do you have a final thought for us? Not this week. Nothing? No, yeah. Nothing right off the top of my head. All right. He said all he's got to say. Heidi? Wash your hands. Keep social distancing. <laughs> if you are in the New York City area, you are able to go do indoor dining now. Please stay respectful to the service industry. Mm. And please stay safe. With super fun things, like with being able to eat indoors also comes responsibility. We're still in a panoramic. We're still in a Pamela. We're still in a Pamalama Ding Dong. So, (laughs) all right, the margarita is working. But we're still in it, so still be responsible to your neighbor. And once you are eligible, get vaccinated. Stop the misinformation campaign. Take care of your neighbor. Uh, Louise agrees. Joel. Well, it's almost like she uh, mm. knew I say COVID every day is my final thought and did it anyway. <laughs> oh, shit. And let me do something else. Well, no, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> Clearly, I don't matter around here. Uh, well, <laughs> since this dumb bitch told mine, um, I will say my final thought is uh, a celebration of the, uh, the Mars rover Perseverance landing uh, oh, last Thursday. Yeah. I think uh, even as... We descend into madness here on Earth. It's great that we are looking for answers outside and uh, fueling younger generations to look to the stars and to dream of, of what could be. So I think that's really cool. You're a star, kid. Reach for them. Exactly. Shoot for the stars. <laughs> and if you miss, you'll land on the moon. Isn't that what they say? Or Mars. Supposedly. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's reverse. Y'all didn't get the joke. Oh. <laughs> um, yes. But uh, yeah, we're still in a pandemic. Take care of each other. Take care of yourself. Hopefully the light at the end of the tunnel is there. The, the vaccines will roll out and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, until it happens, please, please take care of yourself and each other. Thank you so much for listening. If you will do us a massive favor and uh, subscribe and rate us five stars and leave us a little review so um, we can hopefully get more listeners and, and get our fun thoughts and voices out there. If you have any ideas of things you'd like to hear us talk about, please find us on social media at The Gaze Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. TikTok, Soon to be. Um, Venmo. <laughs> uh, you can also email us at thegatespot at gmail.com. If you'd like to sponsor us and buy us a cocktail, please email us and, and we'd love to allow you to do that for us because mm-hmm. we are thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, and until More next week, I want to say a uh, special thanks to Heidi for, for guesting in She's again. Back. Did you have fun? Yes. That's oh, and Alfredo too. <sighs> Which, oh, and Alfredo for stopping Alfredo in and, and giving Discussing us the rundown on Drag Race. <laughs> Um, And we look forward to talking to y'all next week. Uh, Until then, be safe and uh, find us on social media. Bye. Well. Oh my god, that spice in my throat. Oh my god. Well, well, it's time for a cleanse. Damn.